The gospel reading for this morning comes from Luke's gospel beginning in the 24th chapter at the first verse. And Luke wrote about the resurrection in this way. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, the women went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, And they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? We gather, O God, in your presence to rejoice in the light of the empty tomb. And we come to this place with an expectant hope in our hearts and the prayer of faith on our lips. Because we are confident that you are about to do a new thing. We believe that the stone which we often struggle to move ourselves is about to be blown out of its ruts. So we look for an encounter with the risen Christ. And to that end, we bow in worship and worship in wonder and wonder in faith and have faith in you. Amen. You know, that first Easter Sunday, if actions indeed speak louder than words, Those first disciples, I think, made it pretty clear that they no longer believed that Jesus was the hope of the world. Our Easter Sunday is full of bright colors, joyful music, enthusiastic worship, but I think we can't fully appreciate the Easter message, however, if we cannot understand that the very first Easter was born in total darkness. You see, his disciples had professed to believe that Jesus was the Messiah who had come to deliver Israel. And now he lay in a borrowed grave, beat up almost beyond recognition. And his followers, they now hid behind closed doors, perhaps out of fear and despair and uncertainty about what they should do next. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've lived behind closed doors for a while. 
many good people have. And the two nights following that crucifixion were the longest nights those who loved him would ever endure. And maybe you've had the experience of your own long night. The words of a doctor, I'm sorry, it's malignant. There's nothing we can do. A phone call, there's been an accident. Could you come to the hospital? Many of you have had your own long night. Hear this this morning. Easter didn't come out of the brightness of day. The women came to the tomb while it was dark. They came with spices and ointments to prepare the body. Reaching the tomb, however, they found that the stone had been rolled away. And while they were trying to sift what that meant through their minds, two men dressed in dazzling apparel appeared to them, and the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. And the men asked them perhaps the most startling question in all of history. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And the women remembered that Jesus had spoken these exact words. And they rushed to where the men were hiding and broke to them the most awesome news. He is risen. And how did the disciples react? Well, Luke tells us. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter ran to the tomb and stooped down to see for himself and looked in. And for those of us who have stooped down and taken a gander ourselves, we can affirm that the tomb is not just empty. In fact, if we're honest, the very last thing that tomb is, is empty. No, the tomb is yet filled with promise and possibilities of new life, of new faith. Because you see, that tomb in many ways is but a womb. And in every tomb of destruction, disease, and death, God wants to birth a new vital living faith that can overcome the powers of this world. Remember, the Easter morning angel visitors instructed the women, the first empty tomb witnesses, that the first work of Easter faith is to remember. Remember Christ's words. Remember his stories. Remember the signs and the promise. 
And it is this remembering that will introduce each new generation to the empty tomb and the miracle of resurrection. It is this remembering that will place the gospel in the heart of every disciple. Because you see, Easter morning is the moment when everything, everything changes. A culture of death becomes a culture of life. The expectation of death is unexpectedly replaced with the presence of life because instead of finding a dead body, the first visitors to Jesus' empty tomb find a living word and they go on to embrace the promise of a living Lord. All that Jesus had preached and promised had come true. The world of death and destruction that had ruled since the days of Adam is now replaced by a world of life and love. The culture of death is replaced by a culture of life. Once the cartoon character Charlie Brown was talking with Lucy, of all people, about the meaning of life. And Lucy asked Charlie Brown, do you think life has any meaning? And Charlie Brown thought for a moment, and then he started to answer her. Well, I, but before he could say anything more, she interrupted with this additional thought. I mean, do you think life has any meaning after you have failed nine spelling tests in a row and your teacher hates you? Charlie Brown calmly replied, well, that's a different question. <laughs> Folks, people all around us today are needing to know if there is any meaning to life after the failures they have endured and the heartaches they have known. No simple answers will do. Rabbi Heschel once said, and I quote, there are no proofs for the existence of God. There are only witnesses, unquote. And you know what? He's right. We cannot open a text and prove scientifically that God exists. We can only testify to our own experiences and that of others. And my own experience is that Christ is alive because I have experienced him in my own life. So I ask you this morning, do you know him? Is the good news of Easter still an idle tale to you? Or are you among those who have come to know him in your own life and can easily proclaim today that he is alive? He's alive now and forevermore. He is alive. There's an Aesop fable about a dispute between the sun and the wind over who was the strongest. And the wind noticed a man walking along wearing a coat so he challenged the son. He said, I'm the stronger, and to prove it, I'll bet that I can get the man to remove his coat before you can. Well, the son accepted the bet. So the wind blew and blew and blew. But the more the wind blew, the tighter the man held onto his coat. And even at hurricane force, the man found ways to hold onto his coat. And finally, the wind gave up. So the sun took up the challenge and tried a different approach. The sun shone down warmly on the men, man, gently but persistently. And soon enough, the man removed his coat. 
people will accept the truth when they and not anyone else want the truth. Jesus' own confidence in allowing questions, doubts, and fears to surface before providing answers acknowledges the importance of maintaining a curiosity about life. Life which all around us this day screams life. We discover that the sun rises again and birds sing and creation awakens in new ways. The rhythm of nature declares not only the glory of God, but the victory of life over death, hope over despair, light over darkness, joy over fear. New life appears all around us as spring begins to blossom. And the bud that appears on the rose that has seemed lifeless for a season is simply God's whisper to us, you can make it, I am nearer than you know. I won't let you fall. And finally this Easter morning, you really need to leave here knowing that this Easter promise of new life is available to anyone who will receive it. Let me say that again. This Easter promise of new life is available to anyone who will receive it. As Christ was resurrected from the grave, so may you and I experience new life through him. That is the gift that he longs to give each and every one of us, an opportunity to experience victorious life, not just in your death, but here and now. So are you peering anxiously into an empty tomb this morning? Don't give up. There is a friend nearer than you know. He is loose in the world yet. He is calling your name. This redeeming Savior who has literally been to hell and back for you offers his living word and his healing embrace. He offers you new life. To God be the glory. Amen.